leave me? Don't you ever touch my pucks? Is that Gilmore again? How many times has this guy tried out anyway? At least ten times. The guy's got a lot of intensity. Not a real strong skater, though. He ain't the best puck handler, either. Yeah, but my God. What a shot. Five, four, three, two... Hey, happy Friday. Man, I love that tune. I really like the podcast music on this. I have to admit, sometimes I listen to just the podcast or the, the music that I buy to download and use on the podcast. Unfortunately, you know, one of the reasons I stopped using YouTube for the podcast was that every time I turn in a podcast, they come back and ask me if, you know, you know, there's like a copyright claim. It's like, guys, look, I bought the music for this. Give me a break. I don't know how many times, you know, every time I do a podcast, I have to do it. So finally, you know what? YouTube went away. And I don't know, maybe shooting myself on the foot on that. Hey, it is Friday. We're doing hockey tonight. We're doing scuba hockey, not underwater hockey. The difference is underwater hockey is played on breath hold with mass fins and snorkel. We're doing it with a full scuba unit. And... I want to talk about what we found from last Sunday as we did our first scrimmage out on the blog on scubarob.com or also aquaticawakening.com. If you go out to that site, it actually leads you over to the Scuba Rob site right now, but that's okay. I'm going to marry those two up and then separate them out later on. But if you go out to that site, you're going to find that I did a blog on what we found and what we're laying down as the interim rules right now. We found out a lot of information, learned a lot of things, had a blast. And man, I mean, just, you know, special thanks to John, Jacques, Ivan, Jason, Tamar, KJ, and Titan for coming out to play. And I apologize in advance about any kind of uh, bruises and cuts that may have happened on the hands. And that's why we are going to include that you wear gloves uh, when you play. But I want to talk about, or I'm going to talk about that in this show, but the other thing that I want to introduce or tell you about is a few more activities that we've got going on. And something I'm very excited about. Tomorrow morning, getting up at 5 o'clock, going to meet John and Sarah, and we're going out to Belmont Springs. Now, I've been trying to get a dive in at Belmont Springs for a really long time. It's down in northern Utah. As we speak, they've got a an agreement with one of the dive shops, it's the only dive shop that can get in down there, and that's cool, that's that's their business model, totally understand. But from what I understand from Matt Hayes, is that they are willing to let us come in with our veterans and do some of our veteran programs. So it's gonna be a chance to get down there and explore that and see it, but here's what I'm really excited about. A lot of you know that I've been tinkering around with side mount and I hang out with some side mount guys. Been trying to somewhat self-educate myself on this and, and using their coaching and their, and their mentoring but I'm actually gonna take my first side mount class. So it's a class that's done through SSI. I did their online materials, and I found it really interesting because they talked about, in the training materials, they talk about really where side mount 
diving started and how it was really first incorporated by dry cave divers that every now and then they, they would come up on an area of a cave had a sump in it and the only way to traverse that would be on scuba you know this is the only way that they could they could get to the next the next part of the cave and that's very familiar to some of the antics we used to pull when I was down in Texas and I'd wear a pair of shorts and put on I don't know usually just like you know some type of a thermal upper upper wear uh, you know like a vest or something and grab my mass fin snorkel and then I would I had built a harness kind of just a a, a wrapper it's almost like a satchel right of either my pony bottle or one of my smaller one of my smaller tanks and go diving and it was because I was I don't know because I was experimental or really young and curious but anyway uh, I'm digress I'm digressing but I'm super excited because tomorrow Ben who is a instructor that has set up some dives for us out in Ryrie and has got some really cool dives that take place in eastern uh, Idaho and Wyoming and, and Montana I'm really looking forward to working with him again and the guy's a fantastic instructor so I'm really looking forward to that of course I'm going to have a video on that I'll do a blog write-up and I'll make sure I post something on the podcast so we've got that coming up I want to remind you about the uh, the links going to the store so when you click on that that helps to support the podcast got some cool shirts out there if you got some ideas for shirts let me know and and uh, we'll do or I'll do what I can to, to get it designed up so super excited about that. I've got my first samples in and I'll post some YouTube videos up of what those samples look like. All right, so talking about what we learn in our scuba hockey experience. And again, I, I want to differentiate between what happens with underwater hockey because that is a collegiate Olympiad club sport that's played. We are scuba hockey, so we're, you know, we're playing in deeper water. We play in 13 feet of water and possibly maybe getting a location where we can play in 15 feet of water in the next couple of weeks, so looking forward to that. But there are some, some differences, uh, slight differences with the gear. Most, for the most part, the, the puck and the sticks are the same. Now we've got some, because we're on scuba, we've got some very distinct rules. And this was a fast moving sport. And because of it, and, and because of the intensity and because of the newness of it, it we were like sixth graders on, you know, when, when you have sixth graders that are playing, uh, you know, keep away or anything like that, everybody's all in on top of the ball, right? Everybody's right there on top of it. And what we, we wound up calling that bait balling, which means it's an entire frenzy of players on a puck. So we actually create some rules around that. Obviously, rules around that you can't grab, you can't touch, you can't turn off air, rip off mass, pull out regulators, or anything like that. But we we had a blast uh, doing it, and we just and we came up with some rules. I want to share those rules with you today. Go through them and talk about each. Maybe not each one, but talk about several of them as we go through. So as far as as player and equipment, we found out that it needs to be a single tank only on a back plate or on a BCD. We had a couple guys, John and Jacques, were both trying to play with uh, with with the dual side mount setups, and just because of the way the tanks flop around, 
because it actually offers the player an unfair advantage as far as both air consumption as well as you now have this larger mass that is able to, uh, to shield from the puck. We've gone with single tank only. It has to be mounted onto a BCD or a wing. I'm sorry, onto a BCD or a wing and a back plate. The player's non-stick hand must be holding their own harness strap. So we found that there was players that were assisting their swim as well as pushing other players away or inadvertently knocking off regulators, mask, and things like that. So the hand, if you're a right-handed player, you're going to take your left hand and grip your right BCD or harness strap. That way, you know, your hand is coming across your chest. And what that does is it, it keeps you from flailing around. And the only thing that you're then using for maneuvering or turning or swimming is just your legs with, with those fin kicks. So again, that's, that's to prevent any type of you know, gouges taking place or somebody hitting a mask or regulator or anything like that and getting that hand hurt as well. The other one is right now, we're going to highly suggest helmets. You have to wear a hood and you have to wear some type of ear protection. So the hood has to come all the way down over the ears. Uh, what could be substituted would be like a hood with a water polo cap over the top of it. So if you're coming out to play, make sure that you've got a hood with you. I'm gonna have a couple of extras with me, but they may or may not fit and I could or could not run out. So make sure that you bring a hood with you. But we are moving everybody into helmets right now. John and I are testing out a couple of different helmets. He got one off of Amazon. I bought a couple off of Amazon that I'm gonna try out. And, and what we're doing is we're, honestly, it's the, the 15, to $25 construction helmets that have that have a, have a strap. I've got one that has an under chin strap, so it actually goes underneath and kind of comes along the throat. And then I also have one that has a chin strap on it. Cave diving helmets work well. If you want to get a child's bicycle helmet, not a full-size bicycle helmet, but a child's bicycle helmet and take the foam out of it, that would work as well. Probably it needs to be under a hood, that way it doesn't grate against, uh, against your head. Out on the site I do, or out on the blog, where I've got this posted, I do have a link for the helmet, uh, that, or for a couple of helmets that, that I happen to, to grab. Uh, protective gloves, you have to have a protective glove for your stick hand. What we're finding is either like the mechanic style gloves, a leather glove, a five mil or seven mil uh, scuba glove. If you can get the mechanics gloves that have got the finger protection on them, all those work. But you do get your hands banged up quite, quite a bit. Uh, all dive gear, we're going to make sure that is inspected by the dive master or any assistance like our DMs and training. So we're going to make sure that everything is safe and, and good to go. Uh, and real quick, with that going back up to the to the BCD or backplate and wink, that backplate has to have some type of inflation on it. So you can't wear just a, a solid rigid backpack. One of the things that we are going to allow you to do is if you want to have just one regulator, your regulator set could be a single primary reg. It must have an SPG and it must have a power inflator on it. Regulation hockey stick must be used and will either be white or black. Players who provide their own sticks must have uh, one in each color so you can't just show up with just a black stick or show up with just a white stick because the stick colors, as of right now, the stick colors are what differentiate between 
uh, uh, between the teams. And when you're down there on top of the puck, the only thing you can really see is your arm, the other player's arm, and the stick color. Now later on, we may, we may transition that to like a light color and a dark color, but for now, we're using white and black sticks. Again, what more, more to come up, uh, more, more to come with that. And then, if you are making your own sticks, so Jacques was really cool and brought out some templates. I'm gonna make a couple of my own sticks. And he brought out the wood templates. And if you do that, if you decide to make your own stick, make sure that, you know, go out and do the research. There are some links out there where you can find some temp templates for sticks. We will make sure that we inspect them for fair play. All right, as we do the game, each game is gonna consist of two halves. Each half is gonna be eight minutes. And the clock will run continuous until the referee must call for a conference up on the surface of the water uh, or has to call a, a timeout for an injury or something like that. But it will be a continuous clock. Uh, the referee is going to drop the puck on a face-off. Each puck drop will be no higher than six inches from the base of the pool because we don't. The puck is really heavy. We, we don't want to be cracking the, the bottom of the pool. It will not be dropped on any drains or plastic or jets or anything like that. Uh, it'll be dropped off to the side, uh, away from 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 the drain or or the or the jet. If there is no referee, we're going to call our own fouls. And also with that on the, on the face-off, it will be, we'll have to teach you the face-off, but it's basically a one, two, three face-off where, where you dance the sticks on opposite sides of the puck until it, until it moves. I know that's a horrible explanation of the one, two, three face-off, but, but you'll get it when you come out. A goal is scored. As of right now, what we're doing is if we're using a long field, and it's a five on five or a four on four, it's when the puck crosses the goal line. So we are going to have, we, we actually mark out what the goal line is in the pool. And it's usually the last solid line going across the pool. And then if it is a three on three or a two on two, it's gonna be shot into a goal at that point. And I think Jacques is actually making the, the goals for us. Player substitute can be at any time. So if we've got extra players, we haven't had that at this point, but if we have extra players, they'll be up on the surface on a snorkel. Okay, so by the way, snorkels also required for this. But they'll be up on the surface on a snorkel looking down, and when they are called into play, they can proceed immediately into play. What we're going to ask players who are subbing out to move off to the side and make a slow, safe ascent. I realize it's 13 feet of water, but don't get all caught up into the game play and shoot for the surface. So move off to the side and make a slow ascent up for a substitution. And as frantic as what these games get, uh, we're gonna see more and more substitutions, especially as we grow, grow with players. All right, uh, the referee is gonna have either a rattle or a diver recall device that can be used. A long blast or a long rattle prior to the drop of the puck is to ensure all players are alert uh, to play or right after a goal. Right after the goal is scored, they'll also use the long blast or, or the long rattle to signal that play is over. Uh, if they are doing continuous dots and dashes with that, and again, we'll demonstrate when we're out there, that is to stop play. And then SOS, and this is more so for the 
the, the diver recall rather than the rattle, it'll be the SOS, dot, 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 dash, 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 dot, dot, dot. And that lets all players in the water know that we've got some type of an injury going, going on at that point. Again, as far as play, players will not grab hold of equipment. They will not grab hold of another diver. They're not going to turn off air, remove masks, remove regulators, pull on fins, or anything like that. If they do that, it is a penalty of two minutes without substitution. So if you're playing a five-on-five, five, remember, you know, the, you know, these are pretty short halves. You could lose a significant amount of time in in the play. And then when that player, what, when the penalty is over, if there are substitutes, it is a substitute that must go back in. The player cannot return to play until that substitution takes place. Again, players are not going to unmask other players. All contact is incidental, and it is you as the player, it is your responsibility to make sure that you're not getting whacked in the head and fingers you know, chopped and things like that. That is up, that's really up to you. So we're asking you to make sure that you are doing everything you can to keep, your safe, uh, keep yourself safe. So again, it's the player's responsibility to not get struck with, with a helmet, with a tank, with a stick, with fins, or any other part of a player that they're playing with or against. If you're starting to get your, your head banged by a tank, uh, you may be the one that is a little too intense on it. Because, you know, it, it, you know imagine that you've got the puck or you're in play and you're having to roll very quickly. You don't really know what's on the other side of you. Now, with that said, I think we're all trying to make sure we take care of each other. No one's out trying to, trying to hurt each other. We dive with each other all the time. We've got a lot of goodwill there. Uh, referee, referees will remind each player to check their goal after, uh, or to check their error, look at your SPG after each goal, but make sure that as the player that you're also checking your error after each stoppage of play. And then a malicious play will result in ejection of the player and possible debarment from other future dive activities. Again, if you go out there on the, if you go out there on the site scubarob.com and look at the, uh, the the posting I put out there, it says post scrimmage hockey updates and rules. I've got some video out there, and then have also got uh, a description of what what one of the formations as you line up, you know, for, for a faceoff, what what that looks like and identifies both offense and defense. Really looking forward to seeing you guys out there tonight. If you can make it, if not, make sure that you're going out to scubarob.com and looking at the dive schedule. Eventually, I will get that put over onto neptunewarrior.org. It's just been a crazy... I've, I've got a lot of life and career changes taking place right now, so getting opportunities to get out there and update both sites, well, actually, I'm updating three sites, is not always possible. And right now, I'm struggling for air <laughs> at times. And if I can't get back to you on, on certain things, things like that, please, please be patient with that. But hey, that's all right, because... You know, this is all in fun. This is something I really enjoy doing. I love how we're coming into this underwater hockey thing. I'm sorry, scuba hockey. I'm trying to change my own language on that. But I'm really looking forward to it. I think it's another dynamic that we add to what we're already doing. It's been a blast. We're going to continue on with this. I think that's really where our, a lot of our Friday nights are going to focus. It's going to help your skills. It's going to help your confidence, your competence. And obviously, it's going to help your cardio because i got to tell you, Chasing down John Weirs on fins is really tough. And then the guy has to go and say, oh, I had my slow fins. 
Oh yeah, sure dude. Yeah, bring your fence back that have got three stripes and a Nike swoosh. And then we'll go for it. All right, hey, as long as you've got air, you are all right. I tell you, I just enjoy jamming to this stuff. 